Welcome back to another Adam Schefter podcast. It is finally here. The journey of 272 regular season games begins Thursday night in Los Angeles when the defending world champion Rams host the Buffalo Bills. And we are here to kick it off with the Packers running back A.J. Dillon, who the head coach Matt LaFleur has referred to as 1A in the Packers' backfield, along with the other standout running back of the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon will talk about what he's expecting for this current season for both himself, the tandem of Aaron Jones, and the Green Bay Packers as a team. And then we will be joined by the NFL, and then we will be joined by ESPN's recent producer, Evan Kaplan, with some unique storylines to the first week of the NFL season as we get ready to kick off all the action. And as we discuss with A.J. Dillon on this podcast, there is a certain feel to week one that you can just feel in the air. It feels like back to school. It feels like the cold weather is starting to come. It feels like the end of the summer is here, and it feels like Football is back. It started this weekend with college football, some wild games there, and it continues now with our new season in the National Football League, and it looks like it's going to be a great one. All the quarterback battles are settled. Mitch Trubisky is starting in Pittsburgh. Geno Smith starting in Seattle Monday night against the Broncos. Baker Mayfield is starting week one against his former team, the Cleveland Browns, and who comes up with better drama and storylines than the NFL schedule makers. In week one, we get two quarterbacks going up against their former teams, and that is how the NFL rolls. That's how we will roll today, and we kick it off with a man today who last season had 187 carries, who had 34 receptions, who looks like he's going to build upon those numbers this season and have a chance to go to the Pro Bowl. And it would be something if both he and Aaron Jones went to the Pro Bowl together. It would not be unprecedented. We've seen it before with backfields. Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara in New Orleans are the only Pro Bowl running back teammates in the last 20 seasons. They both made it in 2017. But we've seen Warwick Dunn and Mike Allstott go to the Pro Bowl from the same backfield. And now A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones will be vying to do the same for the Green Bay Packers as they try to go back to the playoffs and try to duplicate the regular season success of recent years and then try to improve upon their postseason success. The Green Bay Packers running back, A.J. Dillon. Thank you very much for taking some time today. Absolutely. Appreciate your time. Off day, so we're good. Oh, you're, is that your home office? Like, that's a very cool background. Home office, gaming room. Well, know. so that's your house? That's not like the Packers complex? No, no, yeah, this is the house. Wow. Where do you get all those pictures from? We actually get one of these each time we win a game and uh, you play in the game. The uh, team photographer will print one out, so uh, we've won a lot. <laughs> those are some year. awesome pictures. Which of those is your favorite? Uh... Probably this one's not up yet, but uh, uh. that's a great picture. You and the QB hugging. When did that? When was that picture taken? Uh, I want to say the second Vikings game last year. Um, I had a good day that day. Or yeah, either second Vikings game or the Rams game. It was definitely at home. 
And so what happens here when you run out of space? It looks like you don't have much more space for pictures. Do you just uh, sub them out for the newest picture, AJ? So you got Velcro on the back. Oh, so, that's uh, awesome. If a better one comes along, I'll put that one up. And those are lifetime keepsakes. That's tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. Got a picture of Aaron Rodgers, man. I'm good to go. Oh, that's <laughs> unbelievable. You know, I want that is just great. I love seeing that. Awesome. Congratulations on that. Yeah, so thank how, you. I appreciate it. How fired up are we about the season beginning, getting started here in Minnesota? A great way to start the season. Yeah, no, I'm super fired up. Uh, you know, especially after you go through the whole camp process, you're like, I'm just ready to hit somebody else. I'm ready to go out there and play now. Let's play some real football. So um, I'm excited. And, uh, you know, year three, let's bring it on. Yeah, you know, it it feels like there's a certain atmosphere that comes along with opening week. Like on even on Labor Day, you could just feel – that the season is here. It's palpable. Am oh, yeah. I imagining that right? That is it that way for players too? It's exactly like that. Uh, you know, I spent the weekend. We got a little couple couple of days on the weekend off, you know, after camp to, you know, kind of just you know, take a second. And I went and I was hanging out with my family and we were watching college football. And I'm already I'm getting the butterflies like I'm out there playing. I'm like, all right, let's go. Like it's time I'm running around the room, each, you know, interception or each, you know, each big play in those games. And uh you know, for, for the college football games. And so it's definitely like that. Um, everybody's, you know, chomping at the bit to get out there and get started. Do you get butterflies before or during a game? Absolutely. Not during, not during, uh, but before uh, my wife, my wife calls it the juice. Uh, it's not like anxious or anything. It's more just like, I'm trying to just get out there, like use that, use those butterflies for good. They're angry butterflies. Uh, they made me run harder. You know, it's funny, just like I said to you that you could feel like it's the start of the season and your job is playing football. My job is reporting on it. And you're talking about that juice on Sunday morning. When I get up on a Sunday morning, 435 yeah. in the morning, that adrenaline's pumping. Like there is <laughs> nothing like game day, even for a reporter. I got to tell you that, AJ. Yeah. It's un You could feel what a NFL game day is like. Am I imagining yeah. that as well? Uh, absolutely. I mean, you might need some coffee or something up at four. Um, I don't know if my juice is going that early, but <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely on a game day or, you know, I mean, we played Thursdays, Mondays, who knows anymore. But, you know, any anytime we got a game fired up. Now, on the back end of this podcast, we have on this ESPN research producer by the name of Evan Kaplan. And Evan, during this appearance, brought to me a stat that blew my mind that I want to share with you. And I want to ask your assessment of it once you hear it. Do you realize that even though you'll be playing the season without Devontae Adams, that over the last two seasons in divisional games, NFC North games, Aaron Rodgers against the NFC North has thrown 38 touchdown passes and zero interceptions. Man. 38 and <laughs> zero against division foes. And that's the most consecutive touchdown passes without throwing an INT in a divisional game in NFL history, and he's thrown 380 passes against his division since his last interception. Jeez. What do you make of that when you hear those numbers like that? Do you give any idea that it was that like that? You know, going to practice with this guy, the guy every day, uh, it's not hard to believe. Uh, you know, I, I've seen him make throws and, you know, make those smart plays and, you know, stuff that you have to, like, like I got to go watch that back on film. Um, so, so no, I mean, I'm sure at this point he's 
like uh, overwhelmed with how many records he has. But, uh, you know, that's what you get. He's the best, the best, most talented quarterback to ever play the game. Uh, I say that wholeheartedly. And, uh, you know, he's just a master of his craft. So I expect nothing less. Uh, it doesn't, it, it's an amazing, crazy stat or record. It's insane. But, you know, that's a, just the type of stuff you expect from did you have any idea that those numbers were what they were until I read them to you? I had no idea. That's it. That's that's a wild to think like somebody can consistently do, you know, <laughs> something like that. Um, you know, definitely respect. But like I said, it's not something that that shocks me. You know, well, I, let's talk. Let, let's talk about you and Aaron in the backfield. Your head yeah. coach, Matt LaFleur, said that you and Aaron Jones are 1A and 1A. What are your own expectations for this season in terms of being one of those one A's, whatever that is, AJ? Yeah. Uh, you know, my thing is I've always said this and it's just always kind of been the way I've been. Um, I'm all about, you know, I just really want to be accountable. Like my favorite thing, my favorite stat, I guess, like when people are like, oh, what are your goals? What are you, what are you looking forward to? I like when I go in the huddle and all my guys are in there and they're like, you know what, if we call on AJ, he's going to get the job done. I said that when I got drafted to the Packers and I did the little press thing, I said, if it's first down or fourth down, whether it's first quarter or overtime, I want to be somebody, everybody in the stadium knows, um, you know, I'm going to get the job done. And so for me, you know, being like, that's, you know, high praise coming from Matt uh, and especially to be one a with a guy like Aaron Jones, uh, one of my brothers, somebody I hold at high regard, but um for me to, you know, be be out there with him and I'm constantly learning from him. I, it's just one of those things where I want to make sure I'm going out there and, you know, I'm just getting the job done. Besides that, you know, the stats and all that stuff, I don't really care. Don't, that's not what wakes me up on Sunday morning. You mentioned being accountable. So what was that like for you to miss five games due to COVID when you did? Man, that, that was tough. Uh, you know, I, I will say, though, I had uh, – you know, a lot of guys didn't have any symptoms. I did end up getting like a lot of symptoms. I know I'm I'm so over, I'm so past COVID and all that stuff. But you know, I was you know I was pretty sick. Um, I thought that at first when we first got the results back, I thought I was going to be done for the season. I forget what it was or like myocarditis or something. I could I don't know how to say it. Oh, myocarditis. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the at the point, like obviously this is also peak COVID. And we didn't really have much sample size of stuff, but I had to go get a second opinion and stuff. But the first initial reaction was I was probably going to be done for the season. So, uh, you know, I ended up getting back, but I was, you know, I was sick and, you know, I was like sweating, like my bed at home after I got it was looked like I jumped in a swimming pool and lay down. Like I was really, yeah, I was not feeling good. Uh, it's definitely not one of the ones, no symptom guys. Um, uh, but it just is what it is. And we got back, we got healthy and, uh, you know, I wrapped up the rest of that year. Um, you know, on a good note, on a, you know, going up upward trajectory and kind of started to feel more comfortable. Um, and that rolled over and uh, propelled me into last year, which, you know, that growth kept going. Any lingering conditions from the myocarditis at all that impacts you today? No, uh, or at least not that I know of, you know, I'm just, I haven't really, you know, I don't get like sick or anything like that. So uh, no, but it was just one of those things where nobody really knew what was going on at that time. And I mean, even COVID, we said pro COVID protocols the year after that. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things. I mentioned you and Aaron as mm -hmm. 1A and 1A. Have you guys discussed and does it mean anything to you to be the best running back tandem in the NFL this season and going forward? Uh, is is yeah, that I ever mean, discussed? 
Yeah, I mean, we've discussed it, uh, you know, because obviously we see it, you know, we see all the, the, the headlines and things like that. <laughs> but it's one of those things where, like, we look at it and we're like, yeah, we can be. It's not like we are or anything like that. It's just like we know that we both can do – we both know we can do it all and we both know that we can get the job done. It's one of those things where um, every day we go out there, we compete and we're challenging each other, uh, not in like a, a jealous way, but more of like in a way to like bring each other up. Like I'll go run a – I'll run a run play or, or, you know, run a route and he'll be like, hey, you could have, you know, taken a couple steps here and did this. And I'll go, I'll go and I'll critique him. But also when he does something great, I'll be his biggest cheerleader and he'll be my vice versa. So we're constantly trying to get better. And then we're like, yeah, we have the talent we can be. But at the end of the day, both of us are so about winning and just get, that's the biggest stat. You know, we don't care about being the, we want to be the best team in the NFL, not the best running back tandem. We want to be the Super Bowl champs. But back to the tandem, is there a tandem that impresses you? Like you, I don't know how much you're paying attention to it, whether yeah. it's Denver or Cleveland or yeah. Dallas or another backfield that stands out to you. Uh, I mean, they all, they all got, uh, you know, a ton of talent. I mean, even Minnesota, there's so many, there's so many guys in the league that are, you know, just right now balling uh, out of the ones you just said, uh, Obviously, you got to look at Cleveland. They got they got two guys there that are awesome. I really like uh, uh, Denver because I like I like Javante Williams. He went to UNC, right? Yep. Yeah, I, I just like my ACC guys. So for me, like it's less than even like the uh, like I just like I knew right he got drafted and everything. And I was like, hey, ACC, I love it. <laughs> so uh, you know, I'm happy to see him balling, a uh, young guy. Uh, as well in the league and uh you know it's really cool to see i still to this day i think all running backs uh you know when you see a run, runner make a big play you get excited it doesn't matter what team they're on so uh you know i'll still watch other guys highlights and other teams uh when they come up on espn or whatever i'm like damn that was a good run <laughs> uh you know no no jealousy or anything like that it's just like you love to see guys compete if you're a competitor and you know make big plays is there one back in the league that you look at and you say, man, that guy is blessed and really good? Uh, I mean, one's hard. Uh, obviously, you got tons of respect for uh, Aaron Jones. Uh, you know, I see I see what he does day in, day out. And, you know, pro bowler, all pro, you know, the guy's, guy's the best at what he does. Um, obviously, I'll give some respect for my East Coast guy, John Taylor. Uh, Bond had a great year last Ooh. year um always been a good friend of mine um and then uh yeah i mean after that it's just you know everybody in the league's talented uh, but my guys aaron jones jonathan taylor um, yeah you brought up the college thing and in doing some research i saw that you were ready to go to michigan which is my school yeah what the hell happened there aj yeah uh i was committed i had the verbal commitment to uh to Michigan uh, junior year, or maybe not junior year, I forget when signing day is, but whatever. And I, you know, I was going on my officials and everything and I'm out there. And I mean, I met Harbaugh and Don Brown at the time who used to be at BC. So I had a good relationship with, and uh, I don't know Then I, I, I toured BC and I, you know, I had, I had quite a few offers. It wasn't like, you know, it was BC or Michigan. Those are yeah. all I had. I, but uh, I went to uh, to BC and, you know, they were my second offer ever. They offered me my freshman year. Uh, my coaches actually didn't let me know until uh, after the season. They didn't want my head to get too big. But 
um, they had offered me my freshman year of high school and they, they were the one school um, that were there from the jump and they never stopped recruiting me. Even after I committed to Michigan, um, they weren't never talking anything bad about Michigan, but they were like, Hey, we're always here, like whatever. And uh, I just consistently started to develop a good relationship with them. And, you know, I had a lot of my teammates from high school that went to BC and uh, you know, it was close to home. I'm from Connecticut. And yep. so it was nice for me to have a lot of the kids and, you know, my family and stuff, people that looked up to me and people who supported me be able to come to those games. And uh, my pro- thought process was you can go to the league from anywhere. Uh, it doesn't matter. So the best place for me was, you know, BC. So you switched from Michigan to BC. See, we have a few things that are almost in common. Like you yeah. almost went to Michigan. I yeah. went to Michigan. You got married on June 25th. Mm-hmm. My wedding anniversary is June 24th. Hey. <laughs> okay. And you're yeah. Jewish. Yes, I am. I am. Who knew that? I am. I am. Like, Not are many. you are you are you an observant Jewish person? Like, do you follow? Are you do you follow not, the religion? Where are we on that? No, no, not not as much. I'm kind of in like the bubble, the gray area. My mom and my mom's side of the family does. Uh, they're they're really uh, all into it. I kind of got a little off of it when I started playing football uh, because all my games were when I would have to go uh, in for Hebrew school and stuff like that so that like for my mom uh, she was a single parent so for her to either like bring me to practice in Hebrew school um you know it was a line so she was like hey it's our favorite joke and it's so real she goes hey if you're gonna do this football thing you better be good at it <laughs> like, if you're not gonna be going to Hebrew school so <laughs> hey I mean it all worked out it all worked out but yeah so being a good football player got you out of going to Hebrew school exactly I mean that was- <laughs> At the time, I'm like, oh, God, more school. I got to learn. I got to sit. I got to do all this stuff. And, you know, I just put it all into football. Were you ever bar mitzvahed? No, no, no. And and do you fast on Yom Kippur? I have. So I have. Um, I have not not necessarily anymore. But, you know, I still uh, in the reigning champ of finding the Afi Komen. Um, I'm undefeated. Wow, you- so, yeah, no, I, I know. I know my stuff. It's just. Yeah, living out here and stuff. My family's all in Connecticut, but, you know, I'll call them and stuff uh, on the holidays. And, you know, wow. sometimes my, my little sister is, uh, she's 10 and she's um, really, really observing. She knows all that stuff. And wow. so she'll lead like the Seder and all that stuff. And they'll FaceTime me in. Unbelievable. Are there any other Jewish running backs in the NFL that we know of, AJ? Right now? I don't know. I don't know. Few and far to come by, for sure, if there is. Somebody is probably out there. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. See, here's my great story with football and Yom Kippur. Yeah. Michigan. So Michigan had, back in the day, a Jewish safety by the name of Jeff Cohn, when Bo mm-hmm. Schembechler was the coach there. Okay. And they were playing at Notre Dame on Yom Kippur. And Jeff Cohn made the difficult decision that he wasn't going to play in that game, a big game against Notre Dame. And he told Bo Schembechler his decision. And Bo said, you know what? Take some time. I would play on Christmas. I would coach on Christmas. Why can't you play on Yom Kippur? So Jeff took a few days. He thought about it. And he went back to Bo Schembechler. And he told him he was going to play. And as they're in the tunnel, charging out to the field, Bo Schembechler pounds his shoulder pads and said, let's go out there and win one for the Kipper. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Pretty good, right? Yeah, that is really good. That's a great story. I never knew that. That is really good. I always remember that story. I always thought it was a fun one to kind of follow. Uh, and the last thing before I let you go, your yeah. quads. 
Yeah. That's a, that is a big difference between you and I. Your quads are probably five times the size yeah. of mine. Now I listen to my similarities. When did your quads develop into what they are to where they have their own nickname, Quadzilla, Quadfather? Yeah. You've got your own marketing brand with yeah. their T-shirts. T-shirts. We got it all. We got phone cases, anything you want. Quadfather, Quadzilla, it's all there. And wh- where could people get that stuff, AJ? You got just AJDillon28.com. Super easy. My name, jerseynumber.com. See, we can't have you on the podcast and not pump up. I know Quadzilla. we got we got we got to throw in the plugs. Also, I want to say uh, shout out my mom. Hello, if you're listening. <laughs> there we go. Have to shout her out, right? There we go. Good, yeah. A good uh, a good chance to say Lishanato Vata in advance, <laughs> right? Yes. Hey AJ, I want to thank you very much for the time today. Truly appreciate it. Lots of luck this season, and very enjoyable to get the chance to connect today before you head out to Minnesota. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, making time for me and talking to me this morning. And so there he is, ready for a big season. The Packers standout running back, A.J. Dillon. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And from the Packers running back to the ESPN research producer, Evan Kaplan, who's got some thoughts about A.J. Dillon's team, the Green Bay Packers, as well as some other big matchups in week one. Joining us now is ESPN's research producer, who's been all over Sunday Countdown in recent years, (laughs) being used on air more and more, obviously (laughs) as a face for television, but we're going to put him on the podcast today (laughs) to kick off week one. And all the storylines ahead, we welcome back Evan Kaplan. Evan, how are we doing? We're doing well, Adam. Uh, looking forward to week one. Glad to be back with you. Uh, been a bit, been a while, but I always enjoyed being on the podcast. It's great to be back on the podcast. This is where this is where everything started, right? Regardless of how many 
TV appearances. This is where it all started for me and doing on-air things. So I'm glad to be back. Evan, are you telling me that I took your broadcasting virginity? <laughs> I'll let you. I'll I'll leave that line to you. But you did. <laughs> well, it's quite an honor, and I do appreciate that. And here we are in week one, and we love to turn to you for your unique insights, information, analysis on these upcoming matchups and weeks. And we're in week one, and there are this week. A number of streaks on the line. What stands out to you there? Let's start with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Always a good place to start when you're talking about today's NFL. And Patrick Mahomes' performance in season openers, season openers has basically been flawless, right? He's 4-0. He has 13 touchdown passes, zero interceptions. He's the only QB in NFL history to throw at least three touchdowns in four consecutive season openers. And no surprise that the Chiefs as a team with Andy Reid have won seven straight season openers. Well, I was going to say that. Is it more Patrick Mahomes or is it more Andy Reid? Because Andy Reid in openers, yep. Andy Reid after a bye, Andy yep. Reid when given time to prepare I, for a certain matchup is very difficult to beat. I, I think the two go hand in hand. And, you know, Mahomes' individual performance is impressive, but I agree with you. It's the team portion of the Chiefs. And an interesting game for them, week one against the Cardinals, no Tyree kill. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Mahomes can continue that streak, uh, but certainly impressive so far in his career. The other one that relates to touchdown passes and certainly one of the games of the week with Russell Wilson heading back to Seattle. He is the only quarterback in NFL history to throw four touchdowns in two consecutive season openers. Wow. And now we'll be there Monday night. I don't, there aren't enough superlatives to say uh, about that game with, with him returning to Seattle, Adam. That's going to be an electric atmosphere mm -hmm. on Monday night. Seahawks yep. going to be wearing green. Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson's yes. going to be wearing blue and orange. Yes. Nothing's going to be quite what you would think it would be. And mm -hmm. that is going to be an electric atmosphere on Sunday night. What about the atmosphere in Miami on Sunday between the Dolphins and the Patriots, Evan? Really interesting one here. And this is something that, you know, sometimes you dig into these games and you're surprised at what you find. So the Dolphins have actually won three straight against the Patriots if you go back to the 2020 season and they swept both games last year the teams played actually week one also in Foxborough and if the Dolphins win on Sunday in Miami they will become the first team to beat the Patriots four straight times since Bill Belichick became the head coach in 2000. Now with all of the greatness that Bill Belichick has accomplished anytime you can say it will be the first time that a team does something against him and the Patriots that's pretty impressive to me. So if the Dolphins can, you know, get get that week one win to and, and Tyreek Hill and all the expectations that they have after a busy offseason, first team ever to beat Belichick's Patriots four straight times. You mentioned Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. And this upcoming Sunday, he will battle Kyler Murray for the very first time. What stands out to you about this matchup, Evan? On the surface, it's a ton of money, right, Adam? These are two of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the NFL and NFL history. It, you know, uh, Kyler Murray, after his extension over the summer, second highest paid in, in both guaranteed money and average per year. Mahomes, fourth highest. And now he'll probably get another contract down the road that'll bring him back up that list. But once the game gets started, the thing that sticks out to me is both of these quarterbacks will be without their top wide receiver weapon from last season, right? You look at Tyreek Hill, who won't be there the entire season and going forward for the Chiefs, and then DeAndre Hopkins, who won't be there for Kyler Murray. And so I dug into the numbers and took a look at, okay, how did each of these quarterbacks perform without their top wideout on the field? 
and Mahomes significantly better. These, these numbers shock me. Without Tyreek Hill on the field in his career, Patrick Mahomes, 33 touchdown passes and four interceptions. Wow. Now that is an impressive ratio. Kyler Murray without DeAndre Hopkins, not quite as good last season. And there was a pretty good sample size when DeAndre got hurt uh, late in the year as the Cardinals finished the regular season and went to that playoff game. So I think these are storylines that we'll, we'll watch throughout the early portion of the season. Uh, I think the, the Chiefs are fascinating with, you know, how they use some of these new receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster, MBS, Sky Moore from the draft, and then certainly the constant and Travis Kelsey with with all his thousand-yard seasons. And then the Cardinals, you know, can they replace the production of Hopkins over the first six weeks, kind of stay above water um, in a really tough division until he gets back? Speaking of quarterbacks without wide receivers, hmm. we have Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams going to play the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. But really, beyond that game, it's the entire season without Devontae, and it's going to be very interesting to see how the Packers evolve without him. How do you assess Aaron Rodgers and the Packers without Devontae, Evan? I think it's going to be very interesting to see how the young receivers, uh, you know, come along because you've got some veteran players there, which I think sometimes people forget. We hear a lot of Rodgers and his young receivers, and he was critical of them earlier in the in training camp. But, you know, they have Randall Cobb. They have Alan Lazard. They have Sammy Watkins there. So they, they have a veteran presence. And the numbers in this one, when you look at him in divisional games, it, it's almost hard to believe. So since the start of the 2020 season, Aaron Rodgers has thrown 38 touchdown passes and zero interceptions against the NFC North individual games at 38 and zero. That's the most consecutive touchdown passes without throwing an interception in divisional games in NFL history. To put it another way, he has thrown 380 passes against his own division since he last threw an interception. That is staggering. Amazing. Staggering. 38 to zero over a two-year span against teams that – should should know him best, right? The Vikings, the 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 Bears line, teams that play him all the time. You know, Zimmer's defenses before he was let go. You know that that's what Rodgers does. He's he's incredibly efficient in terms of no interceptions. We'll see if he can continue that uh, against the Vikings on Sunday. These two teams played a great game in Minnesota last year that featured a ton of points in the final two and a half minutes. Uh, Vikings came out on top, 38-31. And that's a game I will be watching, I would imagine, on Sunday afternoon as I'm flying to Seattle <laughs> for the Monday night game, assuming that the TV is working well, on the flight, which is another issue. Again, we never know what we're going to get on those flights, Evan, especially yeah. out west. We've had some bad luck last year flying out west to L.A. on the you walk, first- you walk on you walk on the plane. That's that's the first thing you check. Not nothing else. Doesn't matter. You know, th- does the seatbelt work? The, no, th- th- that doesn't matter. Is does the TV work? Can I watch the late games and the Sunday night games? If that if that's fine, doesn't matter. Turbulence, whatever. Just give me the TV. Well, it takes you back to last season, of course, when we're flying to L.A. And the, I literally booked my schedule so that I could be on the flight to mm-hmm. watch the 49ers at the Cowboys <laughs> on JetBlue. Yep. Right? We get on the flight, and I go to CBS, and it's not working. And I say, you got to be kidding me. Fortunately... I got to watch the game on Nickelodeon, which was during the broadcast, which was an entirely different broadcast because Nick Bosa goes down during the game with a concussion or wherever it was. We don't hear anything about Nick Bosa Mm -hmm. being hurt the rest of the game. We heard about, 
you know, their favorite fantasies and whatnot, but nothing right. about Nick Bosa's condition. Who was getting slimed. Exactly. So, by the way, if CBS or another network is out on Sunday, Fox, uh, there's no slime time game. No. no now, I'm not watching the game on slime time on Sunday. No. So, so we're going to be in trouble there if it goes down that way. So we'll be watching that game Sunday afternoon and the game that we'll be watching on the nightcap of our flight to Seattle, if the TVs are working, which we mm-hmm. pray to God that they are, will be Tom Brady and the Dallas Cowboys. What stands out about that matchup? A great game week one last season to open the year. And now Tom Brady will take his perfect 6-0 and record against the Cowboys in his career. That's tied for his second most wins without a loss against any team. Uh, so Brady perfect against the Cowboys. He will become the first quarterback in NFL history to start a game at 45 years old. You can you just continue to say the first with Brady. Yeah. And then, you know, as we get more to the game on the field, I think a few interesting things to keep an eye on. How much will the Buccaneers blitz against Dak Prescott, who was one of the best quarterbacks facing added pressure last season? The Bucs were a very blitz-happy defense. And then for Brady, certainly how will he adjust with a different offensive line, three starting offensive linemen from last year no, won't be on the field in week one, two of them aren't with the team anymore. And the way that I think he'll get around that, that he kind of always has, is getting rid of the ball quickly, right? Last season, second fastest time to throw in the NFL. And if you really dig into the numbers, I was looking at this earlier this morning, even on downfield throws, the rate that he gets rid of it quicker compared to the rest of the league is amazing. So I think as long as he can keep doing that, he's got plenty of the wide receiver weapons there. I think the Bucs will be fine. It's going to have to be very quick. There are a lot of questions mm-hmm. about that offensive line. I think Shaq Mason's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I think Robert Hainsey at center is going to be fine. I think the questions are at that one guard spot with the rookie right. guard. And, and as you know, as we, we've talked about this for years. The way to get pressure on Tom, but I'm not saying anything that anybody doesn't know. The way to get pressure on him is up the middle. So with those two guards, and you know th- that'll be the spot to keep an eye on with the offensive line. That's his kryptonite. Evan, when's the next time we're going to see you on Sunday Countdown, by the way? Oh, I don't know. Uh, we've got some, we've got some plans in the works uh, this season. I, I don't know about week one, but but hopefully soon. Well, hopefully you'll get your call off the bench. You're kind of like on the practice squad. <laughs> always be ready. I'm always right? ready in the bullpen. Yeah, you get summoned up on Saturday. It's like the player being signed to the active roster right before the game, and they tell him, hey, your time to shine. Exactly. Always be ready. Well, I appreciate you shining today, Evan. Thank you very much for the time and the insight. We'll see you in the studio for Sunday Countdown this week and then out in Seattle for the Monday Night Countdown preceding the first Mm -hmm. Monday Night Football game of the year, Denver at Seattle. Thanks again, Evan. Thanks for having me, Adam. Can't wait to get it going. And there he is, the ESPN's research producer, Evan Kaplan. And that stat on Aaron Rodgers blows me away. I mean, it blew away A.J. Dillon, who didn't know about it. I didn't realize that. And it would be hard to go two straight seasons without throwing a single interception against your division. But that's exactly what Aaron Rodgers has done here the last two years. That streak will be on the line Sunday when it all begins. As for the events here, we spent a lot of time in this podcast talking about fantasy football. And by now, most people have concluded their fantasy drafts. If you're listening to this podcast on opening weekend, you've definitely wrapped up your fantasy drafts. But my fantasy drafts, both of them, Wednesday night, I know people don't care about other people's fantasy teams, but this is, to me, one of the best days of the year. You have the fantasy draft day, which is Wednesday, September 8th, and then you have the opening day, or Wednesday, September 7th, and then you have the opening day, 
of the NFL season this Sunday, September 11th. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to begin. And we will be in this space every single week to try to bring some information, insights, and analysis to you in this very same spot. I want to thank A.J. Dillon, the Packers running back, for his time today on his day off, which he recorded with us on Tuesday morning. I want to thank ESPN's research producer, Evan Kaplan, for his insights. I want to thank my great producers, Christina Buswell and Sarah Abbott, for putting together this podcast. And you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week. We'll be back in this very same spot. And until then, have a great week and enjoy week one.